This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharif Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. Schindler's List, which is turning 25 years um, this year. Actually, last year. Last so year. 25 years later. <laughs> is arguably one of the most well-known Holocaust movies yet. With a better part of 500 movies from around the world made on this topic, how does one accurately portray such a momentous and incomprehensible tragedy on the screen. The documentary Imaginary Witness, which weaves together clips from dozens of Hollywood films over the past 60 years, showing Hollywood's most noble and most misguided efforts to dramatize this 20th century catastrophe, is being filmed at the screen screen Mm -hmm. on the 17th of July at the Ditsong Museum of Military History in Saxonwald. And to tell me more about it, I'm joined by cultural guru guru and movie commentator, Salwan Klaas. Salwan? the voice that's been interjecting, (laughs) prompting you. Thank you for the prompts, Salwan. I appreciate that. Always lovely to be here, Cherise. Thank you. Lovely to have you. Salwan, this is such an interesting topic because um, when was the first Hollywood movie on the Holocaust made? Not actually on the Holocaust, because Adolf Zukor, who was an immigrant, when he arrived and years later created Paramount Studios, he said, let the newsreel people have their space, and when people go to the movies, they want to escape. They don't want to wallow in what the news is prompting them with on a daily basis. And so Hollywood's role was more or less covert. It was only when the, uh, in this instance, Warner Brothers, who, again, immigrant strangers, movie moguls, who created an empire of their own, the Jewish Hollywood, when Warner Brothers realized that their own uh, distribution outlet in Berlin was under siege, that the storm clouds were gathering, that their employees were being threatened. I believe there was even a murder, that they decided that they would close their office because, after all, they needed European distribution. And the irony being that Warner Brothers actually set the tone as much as they created sound. uh, When you went to the movies, movies could talk. That was back in 1927. So they offered the talking screen to President Roosevelt and said to him, look, this is an opportunity for you to use our facilities and address the nation. Uh, Again, the president, who was neutral, uh, didn't uh, immediately jump in. And it was only towards the end of the 30s that Warner Brothers actually committed themselves to throwing light on what was uh, about to happen. And... They created a film which was a semi-documentary in its style called Confessions of a Nazi Spy. It was actually based on FBI findings of some of the elite of the Third Reich. Mm. And uh, Jack L. Warner, the producer, and Edward G. Robinson, the leading star, were both threatened. And the film was banned throughout Europe. And the set was closed. Um, and uh, Anatol Litvak, the producer at the time, felt that um, this was something that Hollywood needed to come to terms with. And it's the most extraordinary throwback to uh, words that were penned by Christopher Isherwood, 
uh, whose Berlin diaries would form the basis of cabaret. And I happened to be in Berlin uh, when um, there was a whole resurgence of uh, his thoughts and his writings. And these words I found extremely poignant. And he said, Christopher Isherwood prompted, that don't flatter yourself that history will die or hibernate with you. History will be as vigorous as ever, but it will have gone to live elsewhere <laughs> with people who are not content to suppress misery. He further prompted it by saying that, uh, metaphorically, that I am a camera and my camera will be my revenge. And it was the newsreel people, this is the contradiction in terms, who actually threw light on what was happening. And it was only then that, uh, in typical movie mogul fashion, will it make a good movie, you know. It was almost bizarre to think that, as a throwback to what you uh, introduced the program with uh, Steven Spielberg's thoughts, that... To, to capture the Holocaust is the most elusive of all scenarios because survivors um, will turn around and say um, it could never be as you portrayed it to be. And for the human condition to come to terms with that is what makes this documentary so remarkable. So maybe we can explore that because you started by saying the role of Hollywood, especially in the early days, was entertainment. Indeed. And storytelling. The Holocaust is excellent storytelling. It was after the war that, that, that they actually felt, now we can really go to town. Yes. And uh, even in a more contemporary context, uh, before we came on air, I was showing you an item from when I was in Berlin for the Filmfestspieler. And this was early 80s. And a film came out called Der Gelbe Stern, the Yellow Star. It was shown uh, in the uh, context of documentaries, uh, Information Show, as they styled it. Late at night, you know, you'd go to the movies or go and see these screenings as attendees at the festival. Round about 10.30, that's pretty late, and it's February, and it's icy, and it's snowing. But it brought you as close as you'd ever be hypothetically, to a war-torn situation because afterwards, by the time the documentary came out and you walked up the Kafustendam, the main thoroughfare, and it's snowing and it's you can see the bombed-out shell of the Kaiser Wilhelm Memorial Church, the Gedachniskirche. I hope my pronunciation <laughs> is correct. And you realize that that is as close as I will get to what the situation was all about. We have to take a break now, um, but when we come back, we'll look at some of the more modern Hollywood movies and see if they're grappling better with how to portray it. But just before then. This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherise Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. And I'm talking to Selwyn Klaas, who is a cultural guru and movie commentator, and we're talking about the documentary that is called Imaginary Witness, which looks at how Hollywood has portrayed the Holocaust. Um, so when we started off by discussing Schindler's List, and apparently Steven Spielberg has been quoted as saying, that is not really what I had in mind, but I had to change it. Well, in a sense that he realized that 
He put off making Schindler's List for about 10 years, and a Holocaust survivor actually said, you are the man to make it. And he grappled with the thought that maybe he should get someone who's more in tune, like Roman Polanski, uh, who would go on to make the remarkable The Pianist. And Polanski, being a victim of the Holocaust um, during the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, um, yes, he would be uh, extremely focused, but he was reticent. He felt this was Stephen's day um, to actually move away from pure entertainment uh, for the family, the ETs and uh, and the film Poltergeist and all those wonderful, you know, um, alien-styled encounters. But this makes him profoundly um, in tune characteristic, should we say, of what his role could be as a director. And uh, he witnessed the ethnic cleansing in Bosnia-Herzegovina, and this prompted him to think that, yes, history, as I alluded to what uh, Christopher Isherwood said, will history hibernate. History is as alive as ever. I mean, the migrant crisis happening all over again. The uh, immigrant strangers who arrived in Hollywood, they had uh, heard that uh, America would be the uh, the golden Medina, the uh, that realization of the American dream. Why? Because of a poem written by Emma Lazarus, who um, prompted the immigrants, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. And that's on the plinth to the Statue of Liberty, and that was the beginning. Generations later, it's uh, those who um, were the, the earliest who came to Hollywood, who wanted to, they actually wanted to create their own, I mentioned empire, but they were denied access to the main social norms. So they wanted to create something that would be their own industry. And uh, according to the American system, they were, they were Americans first. They were covert Jews. And uh, one had one or two spiritual leaders, uh, Rabbi Magnan, uh, uh, Rabbi Nussbaum. I actually went to his temple, Israel, in West Hollywood. And uh, he was known as the rabbi of the stars. And he converted Elizabeth Taylor and uh, Sammy Davis Jr., etc., etc. So, um, yes, Hollywood coming to terms with its own identity is what the film is all about. You are the imaginary witness. It's going to be screened on the 17th of July, which is a Wednesday morning, 9.30 for 10, at the Ditzel Museum of Military History. I'm going to give the listeners my contact number, 0826033214, 0826033214, and it includes a T, and uh, we're filling up extremely fast, so we it's hope that people will come. Such a fascinating topic. It. Unfortunately, we have to leave it there, Selwyn, but thank you so much for coming in. Uh, certainly, you know, absolutely, who, who owns the Holocaust, who screens it, and how do we portray it? All absolutely fascinating questions. Um, just to respond to a WhatsApp, uh, if you would like to get hold of uh, Dr. Demar 
John Demartini. You can do so through his website, um, John Demartini. You can just Google that and it'll come up. He is doing another seminar later in the year. Uh, also, um, I know I have filled in my JCSSA uh, survey and quite honestly, I found it fun because I saw all the kinds of issues that what it means to be a Jewish South African being questioned and probed and I think you'll enjoy doing it too. So just to remind you, the Jewish Community Survey of South Africa is live. Go to www.jcssa2019.co.za to sign up. This is a once in a decade opportunity to participate in the Kaplan Center's national online survey. The survey is open to Jewish adults 18 years and older living in South Africa. Your views are important and your participation is essential for planning for the long-term needs of our community. Make time, participate, have your say, jcssa2019.co.za. And as I said, I actually quite enjoy doing it and taking the time to do so. Thank you to all of you for joining me. If there's anything on the show you'd like to comment, please email me on sharice at sajbd. Thanks to Evelyn and Craig for producing. Until next week, Shabbat Shalom.